Okay, so we um, are going to be in 1 Corinthians, uh, where we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to you go there. Um, we are going to obviously stay with our theme um, for this study, which is faith on mission. And as I was... <clears throat> Studying this, I think, man, one of the awesome things about the Lord is, and if any of you have encountered this, let me know. I'm sure you have. But the longer you're with the Lord and the longer you read over His Word, the, it just seems like I've read, uh, like we're going to be in Ephesians, and I've read Ephesians chapter 4 literally over the last 30 years, probably 20 times, 30 times, maybe more. I don't know. But there's just more that stood out this time, more that that I did not see over the years of, of digging into it. And I think that's awesome about the Lord. And, and actually, that's part of our study today because um, I did a, uh, um, a devotional that I put up on Facebook here probably, I don't know, two, three months ago. But the title of the devotional was... Um, becoming more and the idea behind it is God's heart is that we become more like his son that's what that's what, how he's raising us to be to be more like his son and we find out who his son is through the word of God and so the longer that you are with the Lord you should be I should be becoming more loving more kind, more generous. All of the attributes of God, all the attributes of Jesus, we should be becoming more of all of them. Because the end goal is that we would be like God's son, Jesus. That's, that's the end goal. So this study that we're going to uh, look at tonight is very much so along those same lines. So um, we're going to read through this, uh, and I'm probably not going to break down, I mean, as I was going through this, there's probably three messages here, and we don't have time for three messages, so, uh, but we're going to, um, all of that to say, I'm not going to be able to explain every little piece of it, but we are going to hit the parts that speak to us on this topic of our faith on mission. Uh, so here we go in uh, 12, 1, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we have some key um, 
key points here right off the bat that there is really no interaction with Jesus unless the Spirit makes that happen between you and Him. And, and He says that very, very clearly in, in verse 3. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing that we definitely want to um, have in the back of our minds because that is where the empowering comes from, that you would walk in and use your gifts in the Lord. So then he goes on further to say in, in verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, diversities of ministries, but the same Lord, uh, diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all and in all. So it is all of these things, all of the uh, giftings, all of the capabilities that we have, all of these things, they all come from God, period. It wasn't that God made you and he thought, oh, wow, that guy is able to do that and that guy is able. It was none of that, none of that at all. His, when he, his heart of knowledge to create us, he already knew that he was going to create us and this one's going to get this measure of a gift that one's going to get this measure of a gift that he already had it all planned out and you don't need to turn there but i know you all know this verse um in ephesians chapter 2 uh verse 8 9 and 10 so it says um it says for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship, here it is, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in, in them. So God already had this whole thing planned. It had nothing to do with us. Zero. So along those lines, as, uh, as he goes along, verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So... That really need. We're going to see a little bit later that, um, that as we are equipped for these things, so that there is um, equipping that is like specific. Okay, if you have this gift, this is how I want you to to do this, this, that, and the other. But then there is equipping in the spirit of the motive of why. We are doing this, 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 and the other. And so verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And that is um, a spiritual equipping of why we do what we do. And it is for everyone else to be built up in love in the Lord. That, that's the purpose. It's got nothing to do with with putting myself or any of us ahead of anybody else or me, you know, ringing my own bell, hey, look at me, zero to do with that. And if we ever do it that way, we're doing totally wrong. And look out because uh, God is going to be chasing you. So um, it is never for that. It is always for the profit of everyone else. Verse 8, for no one is given the word of wisdom, I'm sorry, for to one... 
is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So again, Paul just bringing the fact home that none of these are of us. They all come from the Spirit of God, and they are all empowered by the Spirit of God. We are empowered to work in and walk in these giftings by the Holy Spirit. So then, verse 12, he says, For as the body is uh, one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members each one of them in the body just as he pleased. And that is another key verse when you begin to think about what giftings you have. Because God didn't just randomly start throwing stuff out there. God knows us inside and out and he matches our giftings to who we are in him. Who we are, what our personalities are. God matches those giftings with people. So, he says, um, let's see, set them in the body, just as he pleased, verse 19. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And and I don't know if you're catching, um, if you're, you're catching the underlying theme here, one of them, is that yes we're all individuals but we're all working in this one body because he keeps explaining that part but that part is so that you'll remember in your heart and in your mind your gifting is not for you your gifting is to participate in the body as a whole when the whole body does well we all do well when one part suffers we all suffer. And he's going he's gonna to say that here in just a little bit. Then he says, verse uh, 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, 
having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. I, I love he just keeps that thread going that, look, no one is above anybody else here. All right? All the giftings of God are, import, are important, and no gifting of God is of more importance than another. And what's really good about that is this, is that, and he's explaining this as he goes, you know, if I say I'm the eye, but I don't need the foot, but wait a second, how am I going to get to walk around? And, and if I'm the foot, I can walk around, but I can't see anything. So the idea that he's explaining in some of this is that maybe your gifting is administration. Maybe it has zero to do with a spiritual sense of things but you man you can administrate people and businesses and things and all of all of that stuff and you may be tempted to think well my gift isn't really that big of a deal as far as the body of Christ goes but you know the scriptures say that when a man or a woman is very very good at their job that it brings them before important people and that is not just to talk about your job. Because you being a believer, it is your open door having used that gift to get to that place to preach the gospel of that person. So no giftings at all are non-essential. None of them. None of them. So please don't ever think that. And don't let Satan rob you like that. So he says, um, blah, 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 where am I? Um, verse 26, And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these first in the church. I'm sorry, God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer to all those is no. Not everybody has all the gifts. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 4. We are going to come back to the more excellent way at the end of the study. But please turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Because we have established here. We have established here that clearly um, the giftings come from God. Right? Right? There's no doubt about it. They come from God. And they are given to each one by the Holy Spirit as he sees fit, right? To give each of us giftings. But, but how are we empowered? Because that's, that's really the question. I mean, some of us here may not have any idea what our giftings are and if that's the case I mean we these are the places to look over the list to find out what what you relate to 
And oftentimes, it's something that you like. Because as I said, God just didn't go, and we'll see who gets the gifts and see what happens. Uh, Psalm 139, the Lord knows us inside and out, coming and going. Uh, actually, it even says, uh, Psalm 139, 1 through 3, um, there's a word in there, encompass, where the Lord, uh, the, the Hebrew word for it means to fan out. And it actually means that God has your whole life fanned out before him. So to be like you, we're going to do a puzzle here. And the first thing you do is turn all the pieces over. You find all the edge pieces, right? And you get started that one. That's how I get started. <laughs> but you fan all the pieces out, right? So you know what you're dealing with. And that is the idea here that God knows you that intimately. Not just because he's God, but because he sought you out individually to know you that way. So he has your whole life fanned out before him. That being so, and it is, he gave the gifts out that way. Gave all the gifts out that way. So what we want to know is, okay, how am I empowered with these gifts? How, it, it, how, and as I say, it's going to be something that you either enjoy, something that you're good at, something that, that just immediately clicks with you we're going to find out what hinders you finding that out because there are things that hinder that so uh verse four uh i'm sorry chapter four ephesians um we can start in verse uh verse 11 because we already know he ascended on high he said, or he descended. He set the captives free, and he gave gifts to men. It says that right before. So, verse eleven says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So right there, we see this this list list of giftings. These giftings here have one thread through them that is specific to each of them because the very next verse says, verse 12, that he's given people these gifts for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And so, so as I read that, I thought, well, how are they equipping me? How, how, how does that work? What is, what's the what's the thing because we don't often have sermons of okay today if this is your gifting you came to the right sermon because we're just going to talk about this gifting and how you need to do this gifting it doesn't we don't see that now we there are bible studies set up with things like that sure but how are they e supposed to e equip us um so the scriptures say um, they're to equip us with the work for the work of ministry. So if you're taking notes, I have six things. I have five things. So the equipping, why are they equipping us? Number one is for the work of ministry. So work, the work of ministry is 
anything that God has gifted you in to further I'm going to say this just right while you're taking notes to further a believer to be closer to Christ Did you get that? So they're equipping us for the work of ministry. That's anything that I do within my giftings to get somebody closer to Jesus. And the second one tells us that. Uh, in verse 12 it says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's number two. The edifying of the body of Christ. So we're being equipped to do these things. So we're being equipped to help people get closer to Christ. We're being equipped, number two, to build people up in the body of Christ in love. We're, we're being equipped to do that. So the word equip means to fully prepare. To fully prepare. Now, an interesting thought does anybody know how all these gifts work? I don't know how they all work. I mean, I, I might have a little bit of a handle on the ones I got work, but I don't know how all the others work. That's a key question because I'm being equipped somehow to edify the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ in love. For what purpose? The next purpose is, to, in verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All that means, it, it's, a, it's a ton of words to say, until I become a mature believer. Till I become a mature believer. And what is, what is one of the notations of me being a mature believer and he says that in the in the the next verse in verse 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive so number three is I am being equipped to do these things until everybody becomes mature in their faith. Until the whole body becomes mature in their faith. Until the whole body is walking discerningly with the Lord and not moved by weird teachings, not moved by um, weird acts of supposed religion, not, not moved by things that don't match up with the Word of God. Okay, so as we are discerning now, and, and, and I want to build on this a little bit, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, it tells us, test all things, hold fast what is good. Test all things, hold fast what is good. When we come to a place in our life where we are mature believers, we use that all the time. 
because our job is to test what we are hearing from the pulpit. That, that's, that's our job. Our job is not just to go to church and take what that person is saying for granted. Like, that's golden, man. We're good. Because he's a man just like I'm a man, just like you're a woman, just we're all human beings, and we are all able to be wrong. And that's why the scriptures say, test all things and hold fast what is good. So we are being equipped to help people get to that place in their life within the body, to build them up in love, to get to a place where they're not moved by things. And the formula for that is because they're testing what they're hearing. They're testing what those pastors are saying, what the teachers are telling them. Testing it to the Word of God. Now, what happens? This is number four. Uh, Verse 15 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So number four is, now that we are established in the faith, we are discerning what is true and what is not true. So we're being equipped to help people get to a place in their life where they are discerning what is true and what is not true. And so now, those people who are established in the faith like that, they are able to speak the truth in love to our fellow brothers and sisters. They are able to, if someone is going to receive correction of some sort at times, if they are able to receive it, it's going to be received that way, given in love. So, and finally, number five is, we're being equipped to move people closer and closer to Jesus. So, Those are my five, right there. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, so the end of 15 is, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So we're being equipped to help people grow in all things to be Christ-like, to get closer to Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so that brings us to this question. Are you doing your share? That, because that is the question, because Christianity is not just I show up at church I believe what they're teaching I read my Bible I walk carefully with the Lord and I leave it right there because you can see the verses that we've gone over um, especially uh, the one in Ephesians 2.10 that God had planned beforehand that we would all walk in good works. God's plan before he even got the whole ball rolling was that I'm going to create these people. And this this blows me away. And they are all, I'm going to have them all work together. 
And not only are they going are they going to work together, but because I'm going to create them all different, I'm going to give them all different gifts so that they can all be this big giant part of building everybody up together in love. That's that's heavy. I was telling Michelle today, you know, I can get the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? One God, three being, you know, in three parts, all I I, I can get that. I don't know why, but I understand it. But this seems to me like it's just on a on a much bigger level of God's planning and God's um, like just super genius, man. Who could have figured this out? But God to have this all work this way with all of our differences and be able to minister to all of our differences through one another. That that is awesome. So the question is, are you doing your share? Are you doing your share? Um, our faith on mission, coming back to the theme, it can never be without this aspect of life. It, it just can't. It can't because our, our faith on mission is a working faith. It's, it's working out what we believe. It's not believing and maybe changing myself at home so I don't cuss and I don't, you know, I'm rebuking dirty thoughts, but it doesn't go any further than that. It must, it must go further than that. It, it has to go further than that. So, um, the idea behind it is you can never sit in church every Sunday and go home and not utilize what the pastor is pouring into you to pour into others. So he's, equip, he's equipping me, his job, the, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophets, the, pa, the pastors, teachers, these guys, their key job is to equip the saints. That's, that's their, their um, there's much more to it than that, but the scriptures are telling us, God is saying, I gave these guys this gift to do this in the body, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But as I'm being equipped in church, this is, this is the key to, I don't have to know all the gifts. I don't have to know how they all work. I don't have to know that. Uh, let's say, per se, if I am a pastor equipping people, I don't have to know that because that's not where the equipping is happening. The equipping is happening because I'm being taught the heart of Jesus. That is where the equipping is happening. I'm being taught the heart of Jesus. I'm being taught the heart of God. And not only uh, am I being taught uh, the love of God that he has for me individually, but I'm being taught the love that God has for the entire world, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. So as I'm being taught this, I'm, I am naturally being equipped to use my gifting because the, the, the bottom line of the usage of my gifting is the love of God and the love of others. To love God so much that you lay down your life, God, I will be and do whatever you make me into. Whatever you make me into, God, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. And then 
so as we talked about earlier, there's, there's practical equipping um, as well as spiritual equipping. So we don't want to count the word out like it's not going to give you practical equipping because we know when Jesus sent out, you know, uh, his disciples two by two to go preach the gospel, he told them, hey, if you go to a house and your peace rests upon it, stay there, preach the gospel, do your thing. But if you go to a house and your peace, does, they don't receive you there, shake the dust off your sandals and roll out. So that is some practical uh, equipping for the gift of an evangelist, obviously, right? So there are practical ideas for all of our gifts. You can go through the Proverbs, you can go through the Book of Solomon, and like we said earlier about maybe a gift of administration, you can find wise information uh, throughout the scriptures in Proverbs, Book of Solomon, Psalm, practical information of how to work business, how to live life. I mean, so we don't want to leave the scriptures out that they can't do everything because they can do everything, everything. So let's see, there's practical equipping as well as spiritual equipping. Spiritual equipping is why I'm doing what I'm doing, which I said earlier. It's the motives and the reason behind um, how I am walking to be empowered through the equipping. So Jesus said in uh, John 15, 1 and 2, he said, uh, I, am the I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, he who abides in me uh, bears much fruit, for without me you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. We are completely empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, God. That's that's where the empowering comes from. But what will hinder that is if you don't understand the equipping that your pastor, teachers, Bible studies that you go to, if you don't understand the idea of the equipping, because the idea of the equipping is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and then you would love your neighbor as yourself. Because once those things are deep in your heart, the equipping of, I'm here, God, where do I go? Just show me, Lord. What is it? You know, God, I think I'm good at this. You've been putting this on my heart lately. I've been calling people. I've been praying with people. I've been exhorting people. God, I think this is it. I, I can only say that because that's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. I just wasn't, uh, 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 what's the word, uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't hold it down man I got saved and 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 the Lord just kept speaking to me like hey man go t go ask that guy if he needs prayer go call those people up go talk to them and he just kept doing that and the closer I got the more he refined the gifting the more I kept seeking him the more I kept pressing in the more I kept listening at church because they're equipping me right they're equipping me with the motive they're also teaching practical things, but at, at the same time, they're, they're, they should be teaching me to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love my neighbor as myself. So that whatever I get, 
my heart is already tuned up to pour out. I'm going to pour out, man. I want, I want to see everybody get into the kingdom. And so what begins to happen as you do these things is that you begin, as you're taught the heart of God and we are taught the heart of Jesus, as you press in and you continue to walk and you really give it all that you have, your desires become God's desires. Your desires start to change and we become more Christ-like, right? More Christ-like. That was why I was telling you about the, the devotional in the beginning that the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you press into Him, you should be becoming more like Jesus. We should be becoming more like Him. So, 1 John 2.6 says, He who says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk just as He walked with Jesus' heart to give everything. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm in, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable, even if it's something that takes up all my time. Um, I, I want you to remember that Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. It's a huge, huge part. You can't we cannot get to the place where we actually have our faith on mission until you receive the equipping and press into the Lord all the way and give him give him the whole the whole thing. So you give him all all of you. He he doesn't want just half of you or three quarters. He wants it all. And so you won't get to that place until you give him all. And so, in all the equipping, I should be becoming more like Jesus. His desires become my desires. And those desires include, and are not limited to, to see people saved. That becomes my desire. To see people strengthened in their faith. That becomes my desire. To see people escape from the bondage of sin. That becomes my desire. And I also want to say this, that is not just, that is not just um, excluded to just your family members or, or included. It, that's not just, it doesn't just go for just your family members or, or just the few people around you. Um, there was a, uh, and I'm finishing here in just a couple of minutes. There, uh, if you ever seen that movie Ten Thousand BC, it's pretty. It's a pretty good movie, but it's it's about um, a a young man who is raised up in a tribe, and he's about ready to become uh, the chief of this tribe, and uh, one of the old wise men from the tribe uh, sits down and talks with him one day, and he says, "You know, your father was the chief, and he took off to go find food." And he never came back. And so that's why this young man is about to become chief. And he says to this young man, he says, you know, some, 
some people draw a circle around themselves and they just focus on keeping themselves together and safe. And then other men will, will draw a circle around themselves and their wife and their children and they'll focus on that group, just keeping that group together and safe. He says, then there are some men that you can't see where their circle ends because their heart cares about the whole of everyone. Wherever they go, if they're in the store, that's their sphere for the day. And they, they're looking, God, who do you have for me today? If they're at Disneyland, they're, their mind is having fun, but yes, Lord, you could call on me any moment. Their sphere doesn't end. And so that's what I want to really get across to you is that this isn't just limited to just the few people in your life or the few people that you know in your life. I, I would look at it as there is no limit. You may run into somebody tomorrow at the gas station who needs Jesus, and God says, go and talk to that person right now. I don't know what to say, Lord. Don't worry. Go. I'll, I'll put it in your mind. You'll be all right. Go. So we have to have that mind if we're going to have faith on mission, Right? Because you're not going to be that person that goes to Uganda and travels in the jungles and reaches those people. I'm not going to be that guy. I, I'll tell you right now, I have no desire to go to Brazil and, and go up the Amazon. I, I, I support my brother Mike because I love him. Yeah. I do. I, I know you. But, but what, I'm, what, what I'm saying to you is my, that's, my gifting doesn't cover that. Now, if God says, Mark, you're going, sorry, you're going to use what I gave you and you're going there, I'm out. Okay, we're good. But our faith on mission has got to be wherever you are, whenever you are. It, it has to be. And it is one thing to know all these things. Yes, I desire everyone to be saved. Yes, I desire that uh, um you know, people escape from sin. Yes, yes, yes. I desire all these good things. But it is quite another thing to be constrained by the Holy Spirit that your heart can't make it unless you are doing these things. Because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.16, he said, Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. His heart wasn't, you know, God's going to be mad at me. His heart was, woe is me to myself. If I don't fulfill this calling, if I don't do this thing, if we, can't, if we can't keep in remembrance the things that God has done in our lives, the things that God has fulfilled and delivered us from, if we can't, you know, the scriptures say to um, offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. If we can't have a thankful memory of, man, God, I remember when you delivered me from that. And God, those years when I was all jacked up, yet you were just loving me, just holding my hand. And you kept me and delivered me. If we can't have that kind of thing consistently that's going on in my heart and in my life, if we don't have those things, then we won't have the woe is me if I do not fulfill my calling. Because it is those things that generate that heart of, I can do nothing but 
live for you, Father, knowing all that you've done for me. That we have to have the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So we're gonna we're gonna end right now. Go back to First Corinthians chapter thirteen because Actually, 12, 1230, 1230 is where, or 1231. Everyone there? 1231, it says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So let's pretend there's no number here, there's no gap, there's no stop. We're just going to read right through. So he says, but earnestly, verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. And then he goes on to say, Love suffers long and is kind. And he explains the true biblical uh, definition of love. And so I want to end with this because Paul spends a whole chapter pointing out gifts, where they come from, the whole shot, how we all work together as a body. But then right after that he says, I just want to tell you this, if you don't love people, it's you're going to be a, a clanging symbol. It's going to be for nothing. It's going to profit you nothing. It's going to mean zero, nothing. And so what I want to say tonight about our, our faith on mission and being empowered by the Holy Spirit, by God, is that if you don't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, if you don't love people, and I mean genuinely love people, you can't be empowered by the Holy Spirit because that's how He empowers us. It's through the love, man. It's through loving God so much that you'll put down everything for Him. This, this last verse, and you write this down, this really is the last one. 1 John 3.16. He says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And when you love the brethren, it means that you lay down the direction you want your life to go, and you pick up the direction that God wants your life to go. And you walk in that and those giftings, that's loving. 
the brethren. That's laying your life down for them. So, are you doing that? That's the question. Are you allowing the Lord to equip you that way? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you again for loving us. Thank you for your patient kindness, God. Thank you, Father, uh, for you um, always giving us a witness and a picture in your own heart of where you, you are taking us, of where you want to take us in our behavior and in our hearts and in our motive of life. Thank you, Father. It's, it's not a mystery. It, it's not a mystery at all. We are, we are to become more like your son at your hand, and we see your son loving us day and night, Father, just pouring out his spirit upon us. Lord, we thank you. Help us, help us in our deficiencies, Father. Help us in our stubbornness to repent, Father of that stubbornness and to let you have your way, God, that we might be empowered by your Holy Spirit to, to use these gifts to build up this body that each of us are a part of, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you again. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.